This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. In many ways, I feel very at home here. I, and so many people come over that know they lived there, they lived here. I've met them so many places. I feel very much uh, that the part and parcel of the Olam. Um, I guess two special memories I want to touch on is the first group of boys that founded the Shivagdola in Greater Washington were a group of Philadelphia boys. Um, I don't know, the Feldmans, Peter and Nick, Garfield, and some others were um, the first class at Yeshiva that we very fondly remember. Um, we've had many of our boys who found a home here either for a temporary kufa or for to settle and Baruch Hashem seemed to be extremely, extremely happy with the community and everything it has to offer. I especially want to mention that we were fortunate to have a woman from Philadelphia who has become assistant principal by us and has done tremendous invigoration in the school and it's, we, we, I guess we owe our Kars Atov for having uh, for having the privilege of having her there, so it's it's a it's a wonderful kasher, ruchnis kasher, a human kasher, and Bez Hashem, we should always be a kasher for very good things. Bez Hashem, I'd like to speak about a, um, a halacha in Rambam. It's a halacha that is strange because you don't find halachas that seem to be based on feelings. The Rambam says this is the almost the last halacha. In uh, Ner Hanukkah, Yud Beis Mitzvah Ner Hanukkah Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Admoit. Ner Hanukkah is an extremely um, the word Chaviv is beloved Mitzvah, and a person needs to be very careful with it. Vafilo Elo Mayochal Eluminat Staka, even if the person is supported by charity. Shoyel Oymoichek Susay. He has to either borrow or sell personal items like clothing, and to buy shemen. This halacha of the Rambam is unique. And let me explain to you why. In Dalit Kaisis, in Arba Kaisis, um, many shaitas, and that's the halacha of Aruch, it also says that the reason that, that you need even if you're a poor person can't afford it, you must go out, sell your personal items, or go from door to door to get money together for Dalakaisis. The Rambam does not pass like that. The Rambam says that um, the, the uh, Tzedakah is obligated to give him Dalakosis. Does not mention an obligation to go out and to beg or to sell personal things in order to get dal kosos. So, in, the, in our understanding, the Shoharach, and the way we paskin, is that any form of persuminisa, favorite or not so favorite, is, obligates you to do that. And the two examples are dal kosos and, and Hanukkah. The Rambam does not say that. And the Rambam, it, it's implied from the Rambam's omission that you're not obligated. So, presuming Nisa does not obligate a person to sell his belongings. It obligates him to make a tremendous effort, but not to beg and not to sell your clothing. So, the reason for Hanukkah is because it's a very beloved mitzvah. 
we're not aware of a halachic category of that nature of beloved. Presumingness is a halachic category and it has many, many um, details that follow because of it. We don't have anything like that about a mitzvah haviva. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. I, I stand corrected. I like to I, I distribute a little more user-friendly and uh, translate. Um, he's told me that English is chaviv and people <laughs> like English, so we will try to... Uh, and I guess for presuming Nisa, you also, to, to spread the words about the miracle, you also need to say it in a language that people understand. Um, so the Rambam gives us the reason why a person must make that extraordinary effort is because um, it's beloved. Why, the, because it's beloved, why does that obligate a person to do something like that? If you feel like it, and you're telling me that people love it so much that they do it, okay, that's a nice thing to say. But obligation because it's so beloved, that's something that's very strange. We also would like to find out what is it about Hanukkah that's so beloved. I mean, it's wonderful, but all of them are wonderful, and Pesach is wonderful, and Sukkot is wonderful. There's not, there's not, we, we, we don't have to choose favorite holidays. That's not it. And, and, and he makes the point that it's favorite. What makes it favorite? It's not, a, it's not a question of liking it, obviously. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone can choose the yontiv that he likes most. What is it? There's something, a quality about the yontiv that makes it the most beloved. And that is the point that we're going to try to explain and, and, and understand in the Rambam. First, it's very hard to find a source in the Talmud, in the Mishnah, the Midrash, this concept that it's a beloved mitzvah. And the Rambam almost always bases his rulings on a source. It's not, very rarely does he give his personal opinion. And if he does, he makes note of it. He's, He's basically a compilation of information that's there. Where is it? So there is some mention of it, in a bit of a different context, but I think seeing it inside is going to help us get possibly a sense of where the Ramam is coming from. I'm not going to read it inside totally, but I'll just say it over. It's a Medrash Tanchuma. And it says, Reb says, Akarish Baruch Hu said, the candles that Aaron lit, the Kohen Gadol, lit in the Beis HaMikdash, are more valuable to me, or more chaviv to me. The same, the same word. They are more dear to me, more beloved to me than the sun and the moon. In other words, both are luminaries. Both of them illuminate. The sun and the moon, in terms of absolute scope, is it 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 dwarfs anything we could light here, and it's God's handiwork. But the candles that aren't lit in the base of Migdash are more chaviv to me, more dear to me than anything else. Why? So it says, because. How did we get to those? It says, when Aaron Cohen saw every single head of each tribe bring a sacrifice when they dedicated the Beis Hamikdash, 
and those, that's actually what we read in the Sefer. We will be reading it the next week. Each, each um, head of each tribe brought a sacrifice to dedicate the Semitish. He felt very left out. And the language that he uses is, Aaron felt very down. Everyone, every head of every tribe is offering a sacrifice to dedicate the Besamekdash, to consecrate it. And I am on the side. So Akash Baruch said, well, um, you, I'm going to make a special dedication for you. You'll have the candles and so on. That's the gist of the Medrash. So it's a very nice point, but it still doesn't... We're missing something here. It, it says they're more dear to me than the sun and the moon. He's explaining why he, why he sort of... why he gave Aaron Akoin the job of, of, of lighting the candles. But there's nothing... doesn't seem to be anything over here about why we would call it more dear. It's the other way around. He was trying to be nice to Arna Cohen, and he said, okay, I have a job for you. But what, what in this interaction would lead us to believe that it's more dear than anything, and so on and so forth? That's the point that I would like to try to address in this medrash. This medrash does seem to be the only place, the only source in Talmudic literature that mentions the concept of the candles being beloved, same word, chavivin, and it still leaves us mystified. It, it, it doesn't seem to tell us what made it so chavim and so on. So I'm going to try to explain a, um, the concept of the word chaviv in Hebrew. It's not really a Hebrew word. It's, it's, it's only one place really mentioned in the Chumash. It's, it's actually more, it seems to be more of an Aramaic word, borrowed in Hebrew. But um, I, I'd like to try to understand the specific meaning of chaviv, which is translated as dear, versus ava, which is love. Ava would be the generic term that includes any type of love and attachment and liking of something. And, um, and chaviv seems to be a very special term. This, this description, um, this definition, is from a sefer called Kehelis Yaakov. It's not such a known sefer today, it, it was written by an incredible Talmud Chacham. Um, his name is Yalis Yulis, and he lived at the turn of the 19th century. In other words, from 1780 to 18 something. That, that was his that was his, his time period. He wrote. He he seems to have been a massive knowledge. He wrote compendiums on halachas and compendiums in Kabbalah, and and um, it's not it, the, the works are known. They're not so well known today, but here's something on a Kabbalah style, where he takes all terminology in Chumash and, and, and many terminology in Gemara and gives it some sort of Kabbalistic meaning, sometimes quite obscure, sometimes uh, something that's uh, approachable that we can get something from. He defines the difference between Ahava and Chiba, between love in its big sense and Chiba in its special sense. And he says a remarkable definition. I'm going to... Um, I'm, I'm going to sort of try to demystify the, the, the mystic part of it, and and he himself explains it in ways that make it quite um, understandable. I'll say first the the um, the, the uh, terminology he uses. He says ahava is totally with midas hachesed. It's all good. 
when you bestow something with Ahava, there's, there, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. It's, 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 a, it's a giving with no issues. Chiba is something that has an element of Midasadin in it, meaning some struggle, some issue, some problem, not, not simple. And he gives us an example. He uses a, the Mishnah that says that Chiba Yeseira, an extra measure of Chiba, of endearment, is, is given to Klal Yisrael, because Kli Chemda, and a very desirable object, entity was given to them, which is the Torah. So he explains, the Torah didn't come easy because the angels really were upset. And they fought, so to speak, Moshe Rabbeinu over it. And there was a struggle. And they said, I mean, you can't take human beings who are really not terribly holy people and give them a Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to debate them and struggle. So that's why it's called Chiba Yaseira. The um, and then he explains. We would it, it's counterintuitive, but when you think about it, it's it's it it really hits home. If somebody gives you something, gives something to somebody, it's nice, it's fine, it's good, but there's no real attachment to it. We don't tend to feel extremely attached to things that are for free and without much issue or struggle or whatever. You know, it's nice, it's fine, it's good, came, went, and that's it. When something comes with a struggle, when something is difficult, and you have to push and pull and so on, you become very attached to it. And it becomes something that you really feel is part of yourself. So Chiba is the attack. It's nice. Imagine, and let's take an example. I mean, we have men and women sitting here, and I have a father, a grandfather. Um, we all know the difference when a baby is born between the mother's feelings and the father's. Um, we won't elaborate on it because the fathers will be a bit embarrassed, all of us, but um, it, it takes a long time of staying up at night and diapering and feeding to start feeling attached. Because it's nice, a wonderful gift. Here's a baby and it's yours, but you didn't, it, it, it didn't take effort. It didn't take any real um, hard work, labor. And, and it didn't, it, there was nothing, no input. Those type of things have a very, very shallow attachment. Something you struggled with and for, that becomes very attached. And he says further, it's not only the struggle of Moshe Rabbeinu and the angels, but Moshe Rabbeinu's, um, his, his victorious um, the, uh, statement was, you angels don't have any Yetzirah. You don't have any evil inclination. So Torah for you is not going to become ever attached. It's like, it's like telling somebody to do something does anyway. Okay, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. But for us, we're keeping the Torah is a struggle. When we do it, it becomes part of us. Torah can't be with the angels because at best it'll be like a superficial layer on top, so to speak. With us, we may or may not keep it sometimes. But when we keep it, 
it becomes integrated in us because it comes with a struggle. So we have Chiba as a special form of love. The love that comes when there's a struggle, effort, a possibility I wouldn't get it, and I got it. That creates a, a special bond. And let's find it in one or two other places. It says that when Avram Avinu sent Eliezer, his servant, to go look for a shidduch, for his son, he wanted to make sure that he would keep faithfully to the instructions. And he made him take an oath. And the, 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 the halacha is that when you take an oath and you hold a sacred object, it, it makes it a much more powerful oath. And that's why in a very strong oath, we say the Torah would be held, we don't do that today, but that's the way it was done. So it says, Rashi says, and the Pasuk, that he had him grasp his bris milah. And it says it was the first mitzvah he ever had, and it was a mitzvah that was extremely painful. It came with a lot of pain. And that's why Rashi says it was so chaviv. Words he uses. It was chaviv to him because it came with pain. Uh, for an older person to undergo brismila, it's very painful, very traumatic, and, and that's why it was so dear to him. So dearness is something that is a product. Dear in the sense, again, I don't, in this case, I don't know if the English translation does it justice. Chavivus. We'll use the word chavivus because now we have some definition for it. Chavivus is an attachment that is there because of the suffering and the struggle that you went through. It has two elements to it. And let's understand the elements that go into it. One is we feel very attached to it. It's especially meaningful and it's especially dear to us. And it lasts. It doesn't dissipate. And the reason is because something that I didn't give up anything for doesn't, is not me. It's, it's an exterior, it's, it's laying here, somebody put this down, somebody took this and put this down. It's not me, it doesn't become me. But if I give up something of me, time, effort, emotional drain, um, worry, all of these things, then whatever happens is sort of an exchange for it. This didn't come easy, this, this took years of my life, this took a tremendous amount of emotional energy. So it becomes part of me, that's the dearness is because I don't feel it as a possession, but I feel it as self. And two, um, when I have a, something that's part of me, I don't give it up. I have plenty of chachas laying around the house, so chachas come and chachas go. But this is, this, if it, the deeper the struggle and the harder, the more I gave up for it, the more it's me. It's years of my life, it's worries, it's tears, it's sweat, and I don't give that up. I don't amputate that and, and, and let it go. The Gemara says, um, it's a medrash, it says, Torah that a person learned when, through struggle, that, that Torah remained with me forever. In other words, Torah that came to me easy 
is not a Torah that lasts. Easy come, easy go. And, you know, some people hold on to it more, some people less, but it doesn't have that. The Torah that came through difficulty with me, that stays with me forever. There's a... Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very, very interesting... Um, the, the child that is Yaakov Avinu's favorite <coughs> child is, on the one hand, Yosef. Yosef is called Ben Skunin. He is a child of his older age. It's the child that he shared the most with and, and, and was able to, to communicate everything that he had. And, and therefore, he is, in a sense, Yosef was a favorite. And that's why the brothers were so jealous. But there's something about another ch- child that's not said about Yosef. He says about Binyamin, Nafshi Kshura Binafsha, my soul is bound with his soul. And it's something that if he would, something would happen to him, I would not survive. Yosef made him depressed when Yosef left, and his life became a half life, but he survived despite the fact that Yosef is nominally his favorite child. That's the way, that's the way it, it says it in, in, in the Pasuk says, Ben Skunim. It means everything he had, he saw in Yosef. That's the child that he saw his legacy. And yet, Nafshik Shur Ben doesn't say it about him. It says about Binyamin. What is it about Binyamin? We don't even see that much in the, in the, in the Torah. The answer is, Binyamin is Ben Oni. When he was born, his mother passed away. And she named him the child of my grief. When a child is the child of your grief, that's Torah Shemat Be'af. That's the type of nafsha aguma love. That's the type of relationship that is you. So long as the relationship is, I love your company, you're so smart, and I can give you all so much, and we have so much in common, it's a bond, it's a bond, it's a bond. It's a very strong bond. But when something is cut out from you, when something is that type of, um, of, of, of being Torah Shalmarati Ba'af, it's something that came to me with, with tremendous difficulty, with the ultimate sacrifice, then it's you. It's not it's not one step removed, it's you and yourself, and you without him surviving is an impossibility. So we have here a concept called chavivus. And chavivus means things that are, um, that are attached to you, not because they're so attractive to you, they started out as being possibly attractive, but because you sacrifice for it. So it's a special s- subcategory of love and attachment that's the result not of something that you like, but it's something that you gave yourself into it and you see it as being yourself. The, um, of all the, myths, the, the miracles HaKadosh Baruch Hu bestowed on the Jewish people, they were wonderful gifts. We were in Mitzrayim, we were suffering terribly. Kadesh Baruch revealed himself, took us out. Tremendous Ahava. 
the um, we we Akash Baruch gave us the Torah. Akash Baruch kept us in the Midbar. Akash Baruch saved us from Haman. Those are all wonderful <coughs> moments of Ahava and closest Akash Baruch Hu. and that's why Yontif is a time when when we express that Ahava. But we never gave of ourselves. Hanukkah was a very different type of Yontif. Hanukkah, we stood up and said, we will die rather than become a misyavnim, rather than, than become assimilated into the Greek world, culture, religion, etc. When you give of yourself, it becomes something that is chaviv. And that's why this mitzvah is a mitzvah that's especially chaviv because we sacrifice for it. The only yontif that we sacrifice, and it, it reflects itself in the, in the halacha, because when, I mean, the Torah wants us to give for mitzvahs. How much? Well, for a mitzvah's essay, a positive mitzvah, it's up to 20% of your income, or your assets, is that word. <coughs> for not being over negative mitzvah, it's all your assets. But we never, ever, ever expected to, to take our shirt off our back and sell it for a mitzvah. We never expected to borrow for a mitzvah, to beg for a mitzvah. The Torah demands what we have, not what we are. But there's one mitzvah that's chaviv, and that chavivus means it was a mitzvah that we gave of ourselves and therefore we will give of ourselves. It's appropriate in, in the spirit of what, the, of, of what was unique about Hanukkah that we are expected to do something that's unique. I want to go back to that medrash about Aaron and, and get a sense of what the medrash means. We said there's something missing in the Medrash. He doesn't explain why the Neros, why the, why the, the candles in, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, Beis HaMikdash were more um, precious to him, more chaviv, than, than the uh, sun and the moon. Well, let's look back again. Let's take a second look. And we'll, and we'll realize that the sentence we thought was just introductory is really the core sentence. It says, because Aaron HaKohen Nafshoi was a guma alav. He had he, he, he was tremendously distressed and upset that he didn't have a share in it. That's the reason why they became so precious. If it's something that Aaron is grieves over in a sense, it upsets him that, he's, that he can't do it, then it becomes very precious. The other, the, the, the Nesim, the, 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 the heads of the tribes who, who, who brought the sacrifices, they brought beautiful sacrifices, spent a lot of money, was very lavish, was very nice, was fine. But nothing, it, it didn't come, it, it didn't come with any angst, it didn't come with any stress, it didn't come with any hurt or pain. Aaron Akain stood there and he was hurt. So the Neros, to him, are not just a nice gesture. 
there's something that, that, that comes with Agmas Nefesh. And something that comes with Agmas Nefesh is precious more than anything else. The sun and moon might be very bright, but they're a gift, they're gratis. A Kaddish Baruch dumped it on the world, we have it, and it's wonderful. These neiris were something that somebody shed tears over, and that's why they are so precious. The, um, so let's sum up, and I, I would like to um, read something fascinating. So we, we, we explained, based on the Kehillus Yaakov, that there in the in the in the world of Ahava, which is really the bond between Akadish Baruch and the people and Kla Yisrael, there are there is Ava in a big in a in a, in a big sense, which means things that Kla and Kadish Baruch who like about each other, that Kla and Kadish Baruch want from each other. These are things that are um, that that form the basis for our Kesha with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's certainly wonderful. Avas Hashem is the basis of Avos Hashem. And it should be that way, and that's the way it is. But there's a subset of a unique type of Ava. And that's called Chavivus. Chavivus means things that are... In English, the word dear is, 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 is a shadow of what the word should be. It's something that is not something that I love, but something that's part and parcel of myself. And the, the items that fit that description are those items that I cut out for myself, that I had to cut flesh for myself to, to, to bring them into being. The more something was difficult, hurt, the more I sacrificed, the more I gave up for something, that becomes... Um, that becomes an element of Chiva. We saw it in a few places. We saw it by Aaron Cohen with the menorah. When Aaron Cohen um, stood as everybody else brought their offering and he felt left out and he felt the tremendous pain of not being able to contribute to it and that pain became Nero's. And that's why it's very interesting we think of those Neros and the Neros Hanukkah as being two separate elements. The Medrash says the temple will become destroyed and sacrifice will be gone. But Neros will stay forever. Because the candles that we have today are a manifestation of any time somebody sacrifices. They, they're rooted in Arna Cohen's Agnes Nefesh and they replayed themselves in Bale Hashman Noim when we were willing to kill ourselves and let ourselves be killed to stick with it. It's true in a, in, in a grand picture. It's also extremely true on a personal level in terms of a person's um, what a person gets out of the world of mitzvahs. I, I want to read a, a fascinating um, letter. It's not a real letter, but Revolba was the was a a big Balmusin at Yisrael. He 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 had a yeshiva for many years. He passed away about ten years ago, approximately, and he wrote a a sefer which is sort of a guide for a yeshiva boy growing up in yeshiva 
facing the challenges and difficulties of yeshiva. And he has a letter addressed to a boy who's suffering from jealousy. It's something in a yeshiva where the atmosphere is intense and everybody's trying to succeed and do extremely well. So everybody succeeds somewhat, but plenty but everybody who everyone is, is somewhat jealous of people are better in this area, this area, this area, this area. It's a strong environment, a tough environment, demanding environment. So as part of his guide to Yeshiva Bach, he has a letter addressing his things and so on. I'm gonna I want to pick out a sentence that he's trying to explain to him you you know, you need to come to grips with the different levels and abilities of everyone has different abilities in different areas. And he wants to show him that what seems to be a shortcoming in an area, in a deeper sense, becomes a real advantage. And he says, After you you, who has to review something time and again, a lot of times, until it becomes clear to you, or else you just forget it. But when you've done that, when you've really worked hard, you feel that it became part of you. The thing that you sweated over so many times, you feel it became absorbed to you in you. And you have tremendous satisfaction, and and and, and, there's, and there's a happiness in knowing what you've accomplished. That guy with the photographic memory over there, that you know once and remembers it, nets it. Doesn't feel it became part of him. It never penetrates to the core of his neshama, and it doesn't fill his heart with, with that joy and that satisfaction that, that your heart gets filled with. So, so what he's saying is, yes, on the surface, since everything is measured with a test, this guy who in one, you know, remembers everything, doesn't forget anything, he seems to be succeeding a lot more. Okay? That's if success is measured by getting all the answers right. But there's a much deeper measure of success. How much is the information you know you? So when we're talking about telephone numbers, it's inconsequential, and the less it's you, the better it is. But when you're talking about Torah, that the person feel he has it, I want to tell you um, a, a, um, a, a, a story in Yeshiva. This is going back probably 18 years ago. A boy came to Yeshiva, and he... Um, he was the first boy, Dr. Einem Zechon of Rachel. He, used to, he was the Rosh Hashiva. He was extremely bright and very demanding. And most people did not do well on the entrance exams. Usually the, usually the end of the entrance exam was a, a mutual frown on both sides. That was the, the, the usual. One boy comes in and he knew his things, he knew his material backwards and forwards. And Rav Einem was really overwhelmed. He said, you're the first one that I've seen knows it so well. Like, tell me about yourself. What is it? Now, this boy learned in yeshiva afterwards. He had natural below-average abilities. Really below-average abilities. And he worked very, very hard. And, but, and he was a very open person. Very straightforward. Very open. A very rare combination of, of personality. 
And I told Ravina, you know, it's very hard for me to get material down. It's really hard. And I break my head on it, and I'm scared of forgetting it because I have to go through the process again. So I really sweat and really go over the things again and again till I have it cold. And then he says, I'm so happy with it. I'm just so happy with it, it stays with me. And that is what he means. It's when we approach the world of mitzvahs, and each so it's it's a very very broad audience from people sitting and learning kolo to people who are coming in and so on, and everyone has their own world of mitzvahs. Everyone has the mitzvahs in the Torah that comes easy, and everyone has those that come difficult. Understanding what's so uniquely precious about those things that come with difficulty. It doesn't make it less difficult, but, but it, it doesn't remain a difficulty. It, it remains an attainment and an achievement that I couldn't have gotten without it. The Tzagil Bonim of, of the mitzvahs that come hard to us make them part of us. That's the Chavivus that we have for the world of mitzvahs and Torahs because there was Agnes Nefesh, because there was Torah that I learned Ba'af, because it was something that needed a, a, a sacrifice for it. It was bizarre. All of these different categories make it an indelible part of us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be mezakas. On this yontiv of Hanukkah, which is a yontiv that came through Mesir Nefesh and Kalei and gave us an attachment to it that is, doesn't, that, that never becomes separated that all the things Akash help us that we should do the mitzvahs well and successfully and, and we, don't, we don't ask for difficulties but that the things that come with difficulty to us we should be zoho to tackle appropriately and, and to have that chavivas fit that special bond and that special happiness of understanding that the things that came with difficulty became part and parcel of us and as, and as Akash Baruch himself said the, 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 those candles, those lights, they may be small lights, but if they came out of a person's ogmas nefesh, out of a person's pain, that he wanted to achieve something, he wanted to attain something, and that's where it came from, those are more precious than the bright luminaries, because it's him. And those are the type of things that become part of you, and they never leave us. We should be zayichet to those matanas talvis and this chanukah message.